Morning guys, afternoon guys. Welcome to Huddle. If I knew how I would, Tom. Hey, 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 there, is that better? It's working, but it's not it's not turned up very much. I don't think you can do it there. You gotta do it back there. Ah, there we go. All right. Now you can hear me. Much better. Welcome to Huddle, guys. Uh, just uh, very brief announcements. Make sure if you haven't already, turn your phones off or silence them, please, so we don't interrupt it. Uh, Justin, when he's speaking, uh, Justin will be back again next week. So we're, we're trying to stay a little more consistent this uh, season with our speaker. So we've got Justin delivering the message for us for the first three Wednesdays. So uh, Justin, I'll have you come on up and we'll... <coughs> And let's thank our women today for serving us. The food was from Anonymous, so we thank Anonymous again. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just uh, once again thank you for this time that we can gather together as men, that we have the freedom in this country to do that. And uh, God, we have already prayed a blessing over Justin. I continue to ask that. I know you've given a message. You have laid it on his heart. And now he is here just to simply be your voice to these men today. So God, we just ask that he would empty himself, all of himself, that you would fill him up with you, that he would just simply be your instrument today, God. So bless the words that he says. May they um, just feed us and bless us and encourage us. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carl. Good afternoon, men. Are you glad to be here today? Amen. I'm excited to be here today. So last week we talked about the uh, pursuing his purpose or pursuing our purpose. So full disclosure, no, we're not going to watch Boss Baby on TV today. But full disclosure, I talked about running out of gas last week in my police car. You guys remember that? I just got done with the call. So I told the guys on the board I would share it this week, but... Um, I parked down in front of the police station last last Wednesday, and I get out of my car, or I get back to my car, and I unlock it, and I get back in my car, and I notice my dash lights are all on, on the inside of my car. I get in, and I push on my brake to get ready to start my car. I go to, you know, your key, it's normally up and down like this, and I noticed that my key was back a little bit. I left my car run the entire time I was at Huddle last Wednesday. I totally forgot about that. It's a good thing I had gas in the car. Else I would have been in trouble. So this morning I was talking about, I was thinking about, okay, what can I share with these guys? Maybe start off a little bit of icebreaker, something funny, a joke or whatever. And so I was I was looking up some police jokes. Obviously, you know, they kind of hit home with me. But uh, so I'm sitting out by Northwestern High School this morning, and I'm running a little radar, trying to get people to slow down on the way to school. And as I'm sitting there, I, I got my radar gun out, and I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm looking at my computer, trying to come up with still some police jokes or something I can share. Just something funny. Something to break the ice. Get everybody going a little bit. Well, as I'm looking at my radar, I see the speed, and I'm like, hmm. all right, this person's going. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. I got one. Here we go. So as they get closer to me, I look at the car, and I'm like, I recognize that car. And as they get right in front of me, it may or may not have been my middle daughter. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in that position before, but I have. And it's a unique situation. What do you do, right? 
So anyways, as I'm sitting there, I thought, I've had this discussion with her already about, hey, make sure you watch your speed. Slow down. You don't want to get pulled over. More importantly, you don't want to get into a crash. I've seen it happen. So uh, I thought, okay, let's think about this. What can we do? <laughs> so immediately, my phone rings. And it's Maddie. Dad, I think I'm getting ready to get pulled over. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good, guys. So I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, where are you at? I'm almost to the school, and I think I may have been going a little fast. Not too fast, but, you know, a little fast. I said, okay. So he goes, but he's still sitting there at the intersection. So I think I'm okay. So what do I do? I pull out. Uh, oh, he, I, I think I'm going to get pulled over. I think he's coming after me, Dad. So I cruise down the road, and I catch up to her. She's at, and she turns, and, um, and I keep going straight. She goes, he kept going straight. Well, there's another entrance to the parking lot where she's going into. So I go down to that parking lot entrance, and she turns in the other entrance. She goes, ooh, I think I'm okay. I, I think he, oh, man, that was close. I'm like, well, you know, just hang tight. It'll be all right. You know, you've got to slow down. We've talked about this before. So anyways, I'm like, well, I can't give up now. This is too good. So I turn around, and I come back down to the parking lot where she's at. And as I pull down there, she goes, Oh no, there he is. He's, he's getting closer, Dad. He's getting closer. I pull into the parking lot. She goes, Oh, I'm hit. I am hit. He is coming after me. I pull up right behind her car. And she's still sitting in the driver's seat of her car. And I'm laughing about it now. She pulls there. She's sitting there in the driver's seat. And she's, she's looking in the rearview mirror. She's like, Oh no, my pain. Hey, just stay calm. She doesn't see me. I'm on the phone. I, my windows are kind of tinted, so she can't see me. And I said, Maddie, just, you know, hey, just be cool with them. Don't, don't argue with them. You know, you did wrong, whatever. Just face it. You'll be fine. So she's like, okay. She goes, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. She rolls down her window, and as she does, I roll down my window, and then she sees me. She's like, Dad! I'm like, but you're lucky it's me and not somebody else. So anyways, just a little funny story. Here I am trying to Google some cop jokes, and I come up with my own. I don't know how that happened. But anyways, it's good to be with you guys today. How many in this room have a passion? Okay? Almost everybody. All right, so give me some of those passions. Boxing. What? Boxing. Boxing. All right, boxing. What else we got? Recovering. Recovering. Motorcycles. Motorcycles. Give me some more. Sit down. It could be anything. Well, keep it clean. All right? What else? Sit down. Painting. Street ministry. Street ministry. Okay. What do you say? Scouting. Scouting. All right. What else we got? Exercise. Music. Yeah. Music. Exercise. Music. Yeah. Street ministry. Grief. Grief ministry. All right. So we all got passion. Yes, sir. Souls. Souls. So we all have passions, right? What would this life look like if we weren't passionate about something? What would it look like? I tell you what it would look like. It'd be pretty boring. Walking Dead, exactly, Tom. It'd be pretty boring, right? Creative force behind all great art, all great drama, all great music, all great boxing, all great sports, all great everything is passion. Passion. And I love talking about passion because I'm a pretty, I'd say I'm a pretty passionate person. I don't think I'm really dull most of the time. I mean, there's one empty table up here, so maybe... Maybe not. But passion is what energizes us. Passion makes the impossible possible. Right? 
Passion gives you a reason to get up in the morning and says, you know what? I'm going to do something today with my life. I'm going to accomplish something today. Passion does that. Without passion, life is boring. It's mundane. It's monotonous. It's routine. Anybody else in here routine? Am I the only one? How many take the same way to work every single day to work? I do. How many have the same routine every morning when you get up out of bed? Right? I get up, get my coffee, brush my teeth, get my day going, fill in the blank, right? It's the same thing over and over again. But God gave us passion or gave us emotions to have passion in your life. And he wants you and I to have a passionate life. If I remember right, Christ didn't live much of a boring life. He was pretty passionate. He was pretty active. He was pretty excited. All the way until he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was passionate. One day Jesus was out and about. And this man walks up to him and he says, Jesus, what's the most important thing in the Bible? What's the most important thing in the Bible? What's the most important thing in life? And what was Jesus' response? Yes. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. He said, I want you to love God with everything that you have. Because nothing matters more than that. That's the number one thing in life, men. To love God. He says, I want you to love me passionately. Because nothing in life matters if you don't love God Passionately, God doesn't want you to love Him half-heartedly. He wants you to love Him with everything that you have. All of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The message version says this in Mark 11. It says, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your passion and prayer and intelligence and energy. That word passion in the Greek, it means heart. And God is saying, I want you to put some muscle into it. I want you to put some energy in it. I want you to put some emotion in your relationship with me. You see, God is a passionate God. And He wants us to be passionate as well. Passionate of what? Passionate of Him and our life with Him. That's what God wants. So, don't be a wimp about your relationship with Christ. Give it all you got. Don't be namby-pamby. Don't be half-hearted. Give it all that you got. Jesus is saying here, if you're going to follow me, you've got to do it with some passion. You've got to give it with everything. You've got to give it some oomph. You've got to give it some spark. You've got to give it some enthusiasm. I want you to live passionately. And i got a feeling, guys, if this walk of Christ was not lived out passionately, it would be pretty boring. We wouldn't have a room full of men gathered on every Wednesday here at the YMCA. But I believe that you are all passionate men. Passionate for God, number one, but passionate for men, number two. Passionate for people to see that there is a God that loves them. That there is a God that wants to forgive them. That there is a God that can heal them. That can deliver them. That can set them free. You men and and me, we're passionate. If we don't share that passion though, what is this world going to look like? If we didn't have passionate people that followed after a passionate God, we can't live in a passionate world. In fact, this truth is all throughout the Bible. The Bible tells us that we're to seek God passionately. 
He says, guess what? You'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. All of your heart. My question, I guess, is this. Are we really finding him? The word came to mind this morning when I was getting ready for work. Convenience. We treat God like he's a convenience. When it's convenient for me, Lord, I'll do this. When it's convenient in my life, in my plans, in my way, then maybe, Lord, I'll consider what you want me to do. A convenience. That's not what God's called us to do. He didn't call us to live a convenient lifestyle. He called us to live a passionate lifestyle. A passionate lifestyle after Him who seeks Him with everything that we have. You talked about being passionate about motorcycles, about being passionate about boxing, about being passionate about sports, about passionate about this and about that. I can guarantee you this, when there's a boxing match going on at home, and you can rent it on pay-per-view or whatever, I can guarantee you this. You can't wait to get in front of that TV and watch it. That's right. That's At least you're being honest, brother. That's right. And I bet you this, I bet if there was this Harley Davidson, that Harley Davidson was given away for like $1,000 a 2022, you fill in the Blake what model you want, and they were given away for $1,000, I can guarantee you I would be providing security at the Harley Davidson because a bunch of you guys be down there fighting over who's going to get it because you have a passion about that. Well, what if we took our passions about the worldly things in this world and we put our passion on the godly things in this world? What would our world look like today if we had that type of mentality? What would it look like? I'm not saying it's not okay to be passionate about those things. But I'm just saying, when you're passionate about God, God will order your steps and He'll make those things happen. He says He'll give us the desires of our heart. But if our focus is on those things, then our focus is so out of balance, how can God work in our lives? I want to be passionate about somebody who's passionate about me. Brilliant, brother, brilliant. How can we treat God any different? God, we want you to be passionate about us. We want you to love us. We want you to forgive us. We want you to do all these things for us. But you know what? Right now, God, it's just not convenient for me to say, I want to do this for you today. You know, getting up early in the morning to pray, that's just too, that's not a convenience for me. You don't want to go going through, God. Where's the passion in that? And I'm, I'm not trying to be condemning. And I'm not trying to be convicting. Because, brothers, tell me, let me tell you something. I live it in my own life just as well. So please don't think that this is just being preached at you. I'm going through it right there with you. So let me just be a little transparent. We're to love God passionately. The Bible says that we're to serve and obey God passionately. We're to trust God passionately. When life throws us a mess, how can we trust God in all of that? Our carnal minds, our crazy ways of thinking says, you know what, I can do better on my own. I don't need God to do this for me because, you know what, God, if you really love me, you wouldn't allow this to happen to me in the first place. So how can you love me? You said you'd protect me. You said you'd be there for me. You said you'd do all these things for me. Where are you at now, God? Where are you? Is that trust? It's hard to trust God in the hard times. It's challenging. But men, he says to trust him. Passionately. Passionately. 
If we don't get the message there, it says in Colossians 3, it says, he says, whatever you do, do it with all of your heart as unto the Lord and not unto men. Amen. He says, I want you to do everything passionately when it comes to loving me, when it comes to serving me, when it comes to living for me. Passionate. Here's the amazing thing. In America, it's okay to be passionate about anything except passionate about God. Here in America, it's okay to be passionate about anything except to be passionate about God. I can be passionate about movies. I can be passionate about sports. I can be passionate about motorcycles. I can be passionate about working out. I can be passionate about politics. Mm -hmm. I can be passionate about fashions. Did I say the P word? I'm sorry. I can be passionate about restaurants. I can be passionate about food. But I cannot be passionate about God in America. That's a no-no. I'll give you this as an example. You tell me. You tell me this. You go out and you pick the Cincinnati Reds baseball team, George. That I know you love. And you go out and you pack that stadium full of baseball fans. But before they start playing ball, you say, hey, guess what, guys? We're going we're gonna to do this. We're going to sing Amazing Grace. We'll see how passionate about Amazing Grace people are. Good point. You see, we're passionate about all these things, but in America, it's kind of... Nah, we ain't talking about God today. We're watching the Reds. No, we can't talk about God today. We're doing this. We're doing that. Hmm. In America, it's okay to be passionate about everything. But when it comes to God, sometimes it's a no-no. Romans 12.1 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Keep the fires going in your life. Keep the fires going. Notice, it's not automatic, men. It's not automatic. It's a choice. It's a choice to live passionately for Him. It's a choice. It's a desire. It's a discipline. It's something that we must maintain. You are not by nature passionate about God. We were born into sin. It's a choice that we make. It's something that you must choose to do. We get distracted and everything in life conspires to keep us from being passionate about God. So he says, keep your passion going. Keep the fires going. It's a discipline. It's not just automatic. You know, it reminds me of a balloon filled up, filled up with helium. What happens when a balloon is filled up with helium? I know we're not all scientists in here, but y'all have some balloons filled up with healing. What happens? They float, right? They fly. And there's like, there's no limitations. It's like that balloon is saying, I can conquer the world. The wind can try to stop me. The rain can try to stop me. The weather may try to prohibit me. But I am going to keep on flying. Why? Because it's full of healing. Right? How many Christian men do we see today that are kind of like a balloon with healing? I tell you, usually what happens is usually happens right after they have an encounter with Christ. Man, God just saved me. God just delivered me. Do you know what He did for me? Man, I am on fire for Him. Oh, man. And you see it for a while. You see, man, I'm changing the world. I'm doing all these things for God because what He did for me. But after a while, life hits us in the face. 
And then we begin to lose that zeal. My wife is mad at me. My kids are upset with me. I got no money in the bank now because I gave it to the church. <laughs> right? And we have all these things that are hitting us and we're like that balloon that was full of helium. And it was charged up and it was ready to go. And it was ready to go out and do what it was accomplished to do. Celebrate and show that there is life. But we're all human beings. We're all men. We know what happens. Life hits us in the face. And it doesn't feel real good. And then what happens? Where's our passion then? We know that God loves us. And we're going to heaven. We're passionate about living for him for a while. But we soon become like that balloon, as it loses its helium, as it loses its steam, as it begins to kind of fade away, and as it does, lower and lower and lower. Just like us, we lose our enthusiasm. We don't mean to. It's not intentional. But after a while, we aren't as passionate as we once were. So real quick, I want to give you three things, three things real fast that will help you, I hope. I want to talk about some things that will pollute your passion. Three things that will pollute your passion. If you got a note card or your hand out there, you can write these down. Number one, guys, we hear this all the time. Great banquet community, you know what I'm talking about. Priorities. The placement of priorities. Where are your priorities? Where are your priorities? Number one. The number one priority. What should that be? God Almighty should be our number one priority. Number one. Not your passion about motorcycles. Not your family. Not your kids. Not your job. Not your church. Not your ministries. But God. Because nothing is impossible or nothing is possible without God being number one. True. He makes that very clear. Very clear. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. I don't know another number except for zero that comes before the number one, right? Number one has to be God. Number one, period. But is God really our number one priority? Let's be real, men. Is God really our number one priority? And the proof lies in the pudding, right? Yeah. Amen. Oh, yeah, God's number one in my life. Okay. When was the last time you read your Bible? When was the last time you actually prayed a heartfelt prayer other than, Lord, save me again. I need you. When was the last time you said, I love you, Lord? When was the last time that you said, you know what, Dave, let me tell you about my friend Jesus. When was the last time that we actually did something like that? Is God our number one priority? Because if He is your number one priority, your life your life will show it. Right. Like, it doesn't get any more real than that, guys. Your life will show it. Do you have a list of priorities? Are they in order that God wants them to be? Or are they in order that's convenient for you and that you want them to be? These are some tough questions, men, that I had to ask myself. In order for you to maintain your passion for Christ, you must place Him number one. Number two, unpublished sin. Number two, unpublished sin. Ooh, this one hit really hard. Really hard, right? We're all men. 
We like to keep things to ourselves because we're masculine. And we don't want people to know our feelings. We don't want people to know that we can get emotional. We don't want people to know that we can cry. We don't want people to know that, that, that we have emotions inside of us. We have to keep up this, this character of I'm a man. I'm a man's man. Few things rob us from our joy. They rob us from our confidence. They rob us from passion. But guilt. Guilt will rob us very quickly. And this is how it works with guilt. It's the sin in our lives. We don't walk around thinking about the sin that we've committed. We rationalize it. Consciously. Consciously, we think it's okay. Everybody is doing it. It's no big deal. But subconsciously, it gnaws at us. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Subconsciously, whenever it gets quiet, that guilt pops up into our mind. Subconsciously, right now, as I'm talking about it, I'm sure if you are honest with yourself, deep down inside, you have that little secret that you think is only with you. Nobody will ever know. I don't want to touch that one. It brings back too many bad memories. I don't want to touch that one because it may get out. I don't want to think about it because it's going to put me in a bad mood. Unpublished sin, guys. We've got to come to grips with it. And if we're real men, if we're real men of God, we'll let Him take care of that unpublished sin. Here's the truth about us human beings. We can't feel enthusiasm and guilt at the same time. You can't feel guilt and passion at the same time. Because guilt, by its very own definition, robs you of your passion. It robs you of your passion. Psalms 38.4 says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and I am brought low. Truth of the matter is the joy in your life has crashed and you're trying to keep the enthusiasm up. You're trying to keep the passion alive. But the guilt keeps you down. But First John says this, If we confess our sins, He, as in God, can be trusted to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your righteousness. Thank you for your forgiveness. That's His promise. To confess just means that you agree with God. You say, God, I agree with you. It's a sin. What I did was wrong. Wow! But how hard is that? How hard is that, men, that we have pride in our lives that wants to say, hey, you didn't do anything wrong. Everybody else is doing it. It's okay. Do you not think that that's where we are in a society that we live in today? Everything is okay. If it feels good, do it. If you think it's right, then it's right. If you think it's the truth, then it's the truth. We are so far. Our compass is so backwards. Just pick up the newspaper or read the news or watch the news for a second. God, would you please help us? God, would you see we are wrong in our own selfish desires. We are wrong in our own selfish ways of living. It's not okay if it doesn't line up with your word, with your truth. Lord, I want to live a life that's passionate and pleasing to you. I don't care what other men think. I don't care what everyone else says. I, God, have been called by you. I want to live according to your will. 
Please forgive me from my sins. The sins that no one else sees. The sins that I deal with on a daily basis. Would you come and cleanse me from all unrighteousness? Would you heal my heart? Would you set me free? Because God, I am so tired of living this way. I want a passion to live for you. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to do it now. To not wait. Don't wait another second. Don't wait another minute. You don't have to have a full-blown altar call with pretty pews and a nice gold-plated altar. You don't have to wait until the next church service that you're a part of. You don't have to wait until you get home. You can do it right now. You can just say, God, would you forgive me? Please, God, forgive me. It's as simple as that. I believe that you can forgive me. I believe you can heal me. I believe you can do all these things. Don't wait another second. Do it now. I'll wait until the time is right. The time will never be right. It's now. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Oh, I'm getting, I gotta go. All right. Number three, poor support system. I'm wrapping this up fast. Poor support system. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Do you lose your passion for God because you're not spending time around other people who have a passion for God? Are you missing huddle every Wednesday? Are you missing your church services on Sunday or Saturday or whatever day of the week that you go to church on? Are you missing those times because you have other things that are going on? You're not getting any help in fellowship. This practical verse, Ecclesiastic, says just common sense from the Bible. Two are better than one because if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. We need each other, men. We fall sometimes. We fall down. We stumble. We need help getting back up. But are we surrounding ourselves with people that are going to help us up? Or are we too prideful to ask for the help and we're just getting beat down? Every chance that comes, we're getting beat down. Surround yourself with people who have a passion for Him. What you really need to be around is other people who can warm up the love that you have for God in your life. It's a need in all to us to be around a people that have a passion for God. If you have no inspiring contact with other believers, your heart will grow cold. It's inevitable. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another along towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together. And let's encourage one another. And lastly, men, unhealthy heart. Unhealthy heart. How many in here know you don't have to be a doctor to figure this out? If your heart is not in good working order, there is a problem. There is a problem. Our spiritual heart. If our spiritual heart is not in good working order, there is a problem. Every day we face all kinds of circumstances that conspire us to, to, against our spirit and to shrivel our heart. You get up in the morning. You're going to have distractions and disappointments. You're going to leave your car running like I did. You're going to have your daughter speeding to school like I did. You're going to want to take matters into your own hands like I really wanted to. You're going to have conflicts and changes and challenges. You're going to have problems and pressures. It's no secret, men. Just because you love Jesus and you follow Him daily, He didn't say everything was going to be a bunch of roses. He said, hey, guess what? You're going to have trials. You're going to have tribulations. But He did say this, take heart. That gives me comfort. gives me encouragement. Because He says, I have overcome the world. So that gives me some hope. Right? But we must be intentional to nourish our hearts. 
Nobody's going to do it for us. We have to do it ourselves. Pray, read His Word, worship, be involved. Be involved in a Bible-believing church who preaches Jesus. And nothing else. I'm not even going to get on that. Alright. So I land this plane. So how can we have passion for God? How can we live passionately for Him? We remember how passionate He is for us. We remember how passionate He is for us. Let us never forget the sacrifice that was paid on Calvary's cross. Let us never forget the nails that were drove into His hands and in His feet. Let us never forget the blood that was oozing out of His side as the spear pierced His side. Let us never forget the whip that was cracked across His back several times. Time after time after time after time with my name written on it and your name written on it. Let us never forget the price that was paid when the crown of thorns was placed onto His head. And He said, Father, it is written... Father, it is written. They don't know what they do. But here I am. I'm willing. I'm passionate for them. The people who curse me. The people that spit on me. The people that don't know anything about me. I am here for them. This is why I do what I do. Because I love them. I love them so much. He was passionate for us. So how can we not be passionate for Him? The more you understand how God is passionate about you, the more passionate you're going to get about God. When you forget about how much God loves you, you start blowing Him off. How do we know that God is passionate about us? Because the proof is on the cross. Amen. Jesus stretched out His hands. And He said, I'd rather die than to live without you. So I ended with this old song. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my part in this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Not of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Now this I reach my home. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Glory, glory this I sing. All my praise for this I bring. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. I know I just threw a lot at you. I know that this topic, this passion talk can be so passionate. I love it. You can't stand behind that podium and, and talk about passion very long. But man, I encourage you this. I encourage you when you talk about your stuff to think about that unpublished sin. To think about your priorities and where they are. To think about your heart. And think about who you're surrounding yourselves with. Because men, God is wanting some men to be passionate about Him. The question is, are you the one? Are you the one that's being passionate about Him? Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful to be here today. I'm so thankful that you, God, have chosen us to be here this day. 
Lord, to hear your word, to hear your promise. Lord, to know how we can grow and be more passionate about you. Oh, God, let us take advantage of what has been given to us today. It's not my words. Lord, it's not anything that I have done. Lord, this is what you have done. This is to bring glory and honor to your name. So, Father, I pray that you challenge our men's hearts. I, I pray, God, that you would spur them along, God. I pray, Lord, that you would, God, give them opportunities, Lord, to show that they are passionate about you. So help us in our priorities. Lord, help us, Lord, in our unpublished sin. Help us, God, to be supported by people that we love. Help us, God, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, heal our hearts, I pray, so that we can be more passionate about you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, man.